Politics on an extraordinarily extraordinary day, a frightening day, as uh, protesters have breached the Capitol. They are attacking the U.S. Capitol security, uh, reinforced over the last half hour, but clearly not enough to stop the protesters. Scott Gillespie and John Rash here from the Star Tribune is playing politics. Both are on the uh, Centerpoint Energy Home Service Plus hotline. The president so far, John, has said only one thing. He's upset with Mike Pence, that Mike Pence didn't violate the Constitution. We have uh, members of Congress right now who are sheltering in place. We have Mike Pence and Chuck Grassley who have been brought specifically to other areas for security. And this is happening right now, John, right in front of our eyes on January 6th at 138. It's not Vice President Pence who is assaulting the Constitution. It's President Trump in, in an unconstitutional, unconscionable act that he has carried to the point where he has assembled pro-Trump mobs in the U.S. Capitol, as you just described, has stormed them. Ben Tracy, formerly of Minneapolis, now with CBS News, is reporting that members of Congress are being told to get under their chairs and that there is tear gas in the rotunda. This is an attack not just on the Capitol, but on the country and on our way of governance. And it was instigated at the very top by the President of the United States by repeatedly lying about the election and convincing enough of his supporters that something was stolen from them and the outcome while absolutely tragic probably shouldn't shock us the way that it is in that the way that they've been whipped into a frenzy like this this lands squarely at the feet of the president and those in congress complicit with these lies including if any minnesotans decide to join the protests being led by senators cruz and hawley this is truly a very dark day for our democracy. And I'd finally add, not just here, do not forget that these images are being projected around the world. And so when we go to other countries along with our Western allies and try to encourage them to project and protect, protect democracy abroad, they point right back at us, especially authoritarian governments, and say, this is what it looks like with your democracy, and it undermines the movement around the world to allow people to have free and fair elections to choose their leaders. So this is a in the last. Uh, let me just jump in, John. In the last ninety seconds, the president has finally tweeted, "Finally, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful, Scott." This is, of course, after many of the supporters have attacked Capitol Police and have stormed past them. These comments from the president are late. And I, when I put out the tweet while, while John was just talking there, I said, finally, what else? What else do you think the president should do at this point, Scott? As he has created, he has created this scenario which is taking place right now. Yeah, I don't think that tweet is going to solve the problem today. No. And what, what we're seeing occur has been building up for four years. And as John said, obviously generated by this president. And I, it's disgusting. 
It's scary. And I hope that Americans who supported Donald Trump for any number of reasons, from economic policies to judicial appointments to deregulation, I hope they can look at this and see that this is wrong. And and now and then, you know, spur the Republican Party to rebuild itself uh, and take on the issues they want taken on, not through this kind of behavior, shutting down the nation's capital, having lawmakers from both parties and their staffs shelter in place, hide under desks and chairs because they're concerned about their own safety. Fearful of tear gas. It's ridiculous. And uh, people should be angry about it, disgusted by it, and we need to move on. John, this is the law and enforcement president. This is the man who is going to bring in and we're going to treat the police respectfully. We're going to rally to them and we are going to pay attention to what they say. The president only emphasizes that when it's towards what he views as beneficial to him politically and towards his supporters. This is an act, and, and, and all three of us, and I hope everybody listening understands, the line between protests and attacking Capitol Police and breaching the Capitol. There's a very different line, and in this case, the president is orchestrating this and continues, John, to operate one way, Trump first. Like well, let, millions, he loves the country. But it's Trump first, and that's what his policy has been all throughout his presidency. Law and order was a slogan, not a way of governing, because it was extraordinarily selective in how he went about that. Just consider the case of during the summer, the Black Lives Matter peaceful protest by all accounts, including by Capitol Police, that was happening in Lafayette Park across from the White House that was brutally broken up with chemical agents during the summer so President Trump could go and hold the Bible upside down for a photo op. And what's happening now when his supporters are literally forcing our elected representatives and senators to shelter in place under their desks and access gas masks because of tear gas and chemical agents that might be using in the Capitol. And throughout his administration, when there were breaches of the law that favored him, they were either unenforced or most recently condoned or pardoned. And instead, you know, he led chance of locker up to his previous opponent, which mm-hmm. is something yep. that we see in authoritarian governments. So like so much of this administration and this era, it's very selective in terms of how something like that would be applied. The damage that is being done to the building can be repaired to our reputation, our democracy, and our solidarity as citizens. It's going to take a whole lot more work. Scott, in the last uh, 10 minutes or so, the D.C. mayor announcing a 6 p.m. curfew. Um, No doubt whether it was the D.C. mayor, whether it was the responsibility of other people on the Capitol itself, they were woefully short on law enforcement. They still appear to be. 
I think that's going to be a very fair question to ask when we've known about this rally. We've known about it for how long. They were expecting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. Um, There had to be, there should have been greater preparation on the side to prevent what has taken place the last 45 minutes. Absolutely. Those are very legitimate questions. You you now, this afternoon, have Capitol Police asking surrounding areas to send help. So they, you know, they put out the SOS, they're overwhelmed. How that could happen, I don't know. We did know that this would be a a sizable protest. And you know that uh, uh, folks involved in law enforcement in Washington, D.C. had a much better handle on what the crowd might look like in the days leading up to this than, than we did. Uh, that's their job. That's what they do, and they're experts at it. And they must have known that it would be, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And and and, and just following the the president's Twitter stream and public appearances, you would think these protesters might get out of hand at some point. Are we ready for that? Is the Capitol ready for that? Is the city ready for that? And they weren't. Absolutely, they were not. Let's pause, make it a short break, come back. Again, if you just, just join us, Scott Gillespie and John Rash from the Star Tribune, the editorial board. Uh, we are talking about the fact that the Capitol has been breached, that congressional members are sheltering in place. House members have been given gas masks on the House floor. I repeat, House members given gas masks on the House floor All of this with Trump supporters trying to overturn an election where Donald Trump lost on the day they are certifying the results. Back in moments on CCO. So uh, during the break, uh, folks, we're having a little bit of a technical glitch. So I had to jump on the uh, telephone here. Reminder, Governor Walls is coming up right around 2 o'clock. You'll hear that here on WCCO. We continue. Playing politics with John Rash and Scott Gillespie. We are in the middle of this story, John. As we've said during the break, or before the break, excuse me, Capitol Police asking for additional law enforcement. Let's turn the calendar ahead to whenever the certification does take place. And maybe the protest will stop it from happening today. But at some point, it will take place. What is going to happen the next few weeks leading up to Donald Trump leaving Washington, D.C.? Well, I think certainly that the push within the Capitol to, and you can really make no other term given the violence that's happening here, what appears to be almost an attempted coup happening in Washington will quickly lose steam, although so many senators and representatives have already publicly said that they will support it. So it will be hard for them to go back on it at this point. My sense is they won't spend hours debating each state as they had planned to. And if Senate and House leadership um, have any kind of control over their caucuses, they'll quickly come to a conclusion here. I think that there will be an immediate push to investigate how this happened and how this breach happened but there's going to be extraordinary scrutiny on the president of the United States and those complicit in Congress who have supported these lies and this charade that's happening in the nation's capital at, at this point. And we really only have about a fortnight until 
President-elect Biden will be sworn in as the next president of the United States, he has an extraordinary job ahead of him with everything that's happening. And we could spend the next 10 episodes of playing politics talking about that. But now on top of everything is just bringing order and calm literally to the capital of the United States, let alone the country at this point. And if anyone has the ability to try to talk across the aisle, he knows so many of these lawmakers and is such a familiar face within America. It's President-elect Biden. It's not going to be easy and it's not going to be universal, but hopefully he can bring some calm and hopefully those who have ascribed to the lies of, of this election season will take a step back and realize what's become of all of that. Scott, I wish I had time, but because of our technical glitch, I got to jump in and we have to take the break and get to Governor Wall. So, Chad, gentlemen, Chad, you, a, actually, you actually do have another uh, minute and a half yet. Okay, that's, my, that's uh, good to know because I'm in a position where the Wi-Fi uh, has ended in my house. So trying to click over and pull all this stuff up on the phone is a little bit challenging. Scott, for you, the next couple of weeks, what concerns you most, if not the next couple of days? Well, it's, you know, what concerns me most is a continuation of what we're seeing unfold today. But I do have some hope that uh, there'll be a morning here very soon where the GOP will wake up and realize they, they lost the 2018 midterms. Trump lost the presidency by more than 7 million votes, the same electoral college margin that he won by uh, when he defeated Hillary Clinton. And he failed to help two Republican Senate candidates over the finish line in special elections in the state of Georgia. Uh, he's on a remarkable losing streak. In fact, he's the first. Yes. He's set to be the first president since 32, 1932, the Great Depression, to lose both the House, the Senate and the White House. So I hope that at some point members of his party, especially leadership in his party, wakes up and realizes that and starts to try to marginalize him to the extent they can. Gentlemen, great stuff. <clears throat> I appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Reports of an armed standoff uh, outside door of the House floor. That's also what is taking place.